0: Welcome to this podcast. I'm Dr. Caroline Leaf and I'm thrilled that you've joined us today as we talk more around the topic of wellness and the mind-brain connection when it comes to eating and and then the 80% influence that the mind has over food choices and the digestion of food. All these wonderful tips based on my book called Think and Eat Yourself Smart and the accompanying online program called 63 Days to Think and Eat Yourself Smart. Today we're going to talk about fats and proteins which is a big subject and I've got my daughter Jessica who runs our whole mind project which is our NGO teaching people and communities how to think and eat themselves smart and change communities and I've got Jessica joining me again today welcome. Thank you for having me. Well we're going to talk about fats and proteins and, and I want to just launch this by saying that you know we talk about happy cows and unhappy cows and happy cows being those that are allowed to wander through the fields and unhappy cows are those and not this is not just applying to cows, but it obviously it's to all animals, but those that are put into concentrated animal feeding operations, it how it completely and utterly changes the nature of, for example, the fatty acid balance. And the, so um, the omega fatty acids are vital for brain function, vital for cell function, vital for life, and we are supposed to have a, a, a very clear balance. Between our fatty acids, and you get different types. Um, you get different types. But we're just going to talk about omega six and omega three, for example. And they're supposed to be in a ratio of one to five. So for every one omega six, we should have five omega threes. Now, what they found from the research is that happy cows, the ones wandering through the field and eating the grasses and the herbs, and you know just naturally happily wandering and doing what they what a cow does, and um, they, we find that they have this perfect balanced ratio. But but as soon as you put the and they also you know they they work together, they regulate enzymes are functioning like they should in the cell membrane so things are just doing what they should be doing in the in the body of the cow which then means that we are going to get that same thing because you you basically what you eat you eat what the cow eats so they when you have this balance it enables us to feel so much better more energy we can think more clearly we have um, our, our blood flows in a much smoother way and more quickly through the body which is very important but when the animals are in the concentrated animal feeding operations this goes crazy a lot of other stuff goes crazy too so instead of the balance between omega 6 and 3 being a 1 to 5 ratio it changes to 7 omega 6's to every six and a half omega 3 so it's completely out of proportion and that increases the chance of cardiovascular disease because now the blood becomes too thick it doesn't flow like it should, clots can form we get cognitive decline because you don't get enough oxygen and blood flow in your brain and many other things you've got the potential for cancer, for blood clots, for inflammatory diseases. I mean, there's just a lot of really scary stuff the other thing about animals that are in concentrated animal feeding operation setups, and Jess, I'm going to ask you to explain what that looks like in a moment, but basically they have higher stress hormones because it's incredibly, because of the reprehensible conditions and the meat becomes tougher therefore because the stress hormones actually remove glycogen from the muscles and that reduces the lactic acid and that's what we need to make meat, meat tender. And these hormones also, they also give a lot of hormones to these animals to make them grow fatter and quicker and a lot of animals antibiotics. Um, and this, when you have such a lot of hormones added, what happens is affects the the, the vital B-complex vitamins, zinc, copper, chromium, antioxidants such as glutathione, potassium iron, all these things start changing, reducing vitamins A, E, C. Um, the antibodies given for constant infections go into the meat and to us. So basically, you know, it's just disrupting the whole balance inside the actual protein of the animal. Jessica, do you want to just add to this?
1: Yes. So the concentrated feeding operations are essentially um, taking the logic that we spoke about earlier of monoculture and applying it to livestock. And so really having a lot of animals in small confined um, operations, I mean, or in small um, spaces where they're just, it's basically a meat factory. Um, to produce large quantities of meat, whether it's pigs or whether it's cows or whether it is goats, I mean chickens, any sort of meat. And so this situation puts the animal in extreme stress and then you really eat a stressed animal which affects your own health and puts your body into stress. So it's essentially this idea that you're not only what you eat, but you are what you eat eats, which is what Michael Pollan... Um, what you eat is, eats, yeah, so such a what great you East. And so that is a quote by Michael Pollan. And he really describes the situation where, you know, if you go and get green, pasture-raised, um, healthy animals that are in um, ecosystems of farms with a lot of different varieties of plants and animals, they're a lot healthier because that is their the way that they have um, changed naturally. and naturally adapted to work. And so there is the sense that there is a lot of benefits i mean not just the sense but there actually are a lot of benefits coming from when you uh eat animals if you do eat animals that are raised in this manner whereas your animals that come from your large factory farms not only are they polluting the atmosphere but they are also and also you know a lot of that toxic waste gets run off into the sewers and then we end up paying for that through our taxes and environmental cleanup um, you also end up paying, obviously, for the health Terrible. effect. So mm-hmm. this meat might seem cheap, but it really is not. And it's just the cost also on the, the stress that puts these animals and our cost on our humanity, mm-hmm. like to put these animals in situations where they are so stressed out and that they are like a pe- even attacking each other, and now we have to grow pigs without tails, or genetically modify them so they mm. don't have tails because they bite off each other's tails in stress situations. It's where we're taking, cruel. it it is very a, a very cruel situation. Not not only actually for the animals, but also for the people that work in those situations. Mm. Often it's immigrants that are paid minimum wages, wages below the minimum wage that are treated terribly. And these are the people that take the jobs no one really wants because it's so it's it's terrible that people coming out of these situations, these slaughterhouses with a host of mental issues they're you know because they're constantly killing they're, they're exposed to these very violent and horrible environments and And so really the concentrated feeding operations is not only for what you eat but it's just for the whole situation. It's just a very negative situation overall and we do pay the cost for that in not only in our, through our pockets and our dollar but also through our health through the way we treat each other and the way we treat the planet that we are in so, so it's, it's not being a good steward
0: of, of the environment mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Jessica, what I also want to stress, because we've, you know, we t- see the title of this of this podcast is proteins. And I want you to, you know, we focused on the whole animal being healthy and, and you know, being pasteurized, etc. Let's talk about the concept of wholeness because there's such a nutritional focus today on being reductionistic, you know, going from the, there's so much talk about, you know, you've got to have this many carbs and that many proteins and that many fats, you know, these are the macronutrients and then your micronutrients, which are your vitamins, minerals, phytonutrients and so on. There's so much emphasis on, the reducing everything down from the holistic, the, the meats and the plants, etc., down to the individual pulling out. You know, you've got to have this supplement and that supplement, and have a bit of this. You know, we talk, we talk now the individual reduced. Well, it's essentially my- the
1: same concept when it comes to an ecosystem. So I mentioned earlier, bringing these animals up on farms in ecosystems can actually help the environment. They can be used as grazing patterns that help sequestrate carbon in the ground, that helps reduce the um, effects of global warming and climate change. And so the whole ecosystem can work together to make the environment a better place. Not only that, though, but it's also in our bodies it's the same concept we need to take this holistic approach to eating where we think of like the food in its holistic sense not only is this how much fat does this piece of meat in have in it and how much protein or how we tend to that's very reductionist thinking we need to think of how this works not only the the food in our lifestyle but our lifestyle in our environment so it really is a uh, big picture to detail rather than just ignoring the big picture and going straight to detail so
0: we need to look at the context of things so we need to look at that piece of meat as not being protein but also that there's carbohydrates and fats and minerals and vitamins and they're in a perfect balance so when you look at an orange for example that orange should be eaten in context which is the whole orange you're going because there's a balance of the the way that the fiber balances the sugar sugars in the orange etc etc the way that you eat it in it's the way it's been the way it grows is the way that you're going to get the best combination because everything works together to get the best out of every nutrient. For example, every for example nutrient.
1: if you take something like you are just focusing on orange juice rather than a whole orange, you can drink a lot more orange juice than you can a whole orange especially if it's pulp-free, then you get a lot more sugars. It's sort of throwing the whole situation out of balance, where you can only eat so many oranges before feeling sick.
0: So, it, they, there's actually they actually show that it takes like uh, to, to make a, a glass of orange juice about six oranges. Now, you can lug that glass of orange juice down really quickly, but to eat six oranges, you're going to take, it's going to be pretty tough to eat them in one sitting, if you even can manage that, and that's the process there. So, when you eat real food properly, in context, instead of in reduced down and broken up into the into its its parts, you're going to eat the right amount at the right speeds and that's all part of then your body functioning like it should and that brings you to um, just the concept that I stress throughout this think and eat yourself smart concept is that what you think changes your genes and thinking literally provides 80% now think about this thinking literally provides 80 percent of the energy required for genetic expression which is what you need in order to keep alive so your thinking is dominating how your genes express and food is the other 20 percent so your thinking plus your food are keeping you alive and so when our thinking is toxic and our food is toxic we've got to you know this is why we can see health problems starting <laughs> so to so that is again
1: going to the big picture of not just focusing on what foods you're eating to get healthy, but also what you're thinking, what you're doing, what how your attitude. So it's a holistic, what are you thinking and what are you eating come together. And the same with the ecosystem, how everything works together. And then the same with the foods, how everything in that food works together. And, you know, Marion Nestle, who's uh, mentioned before, a professor mm-hmm. of nutrition in, at NYU, NYU and a food mm-hmm. activist, mm-hmm. she said that the problem with nutrient-by-nutrient nutrient, um, science is that it takes the nutrient out the context of the food, the food out the context of the diet, and the diet out of a context of a lifestyle. Great right. quote. And so, really, we need to get back to that big picture, holistic way when we just view food. Not only when it comes to our, our what are we thinking, but and what are we eating, but also the food itself, like the whole ecosystems that they were grown in, and then the food itself, the context of a whole orange as opposed to taking out individual parts. And so, this is something that we need to. Re- whether it's proteins, fats, or you know, we tend to use these words because they're so used by marketers, by people in science. And they've just been so thrown out all the time that we don't actually... We're just so used to them that we actually often find ourselves not stopping and thinking and just thinking but what does that mean what does low fat mean what does this mean so for example if you have low fat milk whole milk has got all the enzymes and nutrients and you actually end up having less of it because it has you know it's 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 got that fat which keeps you satisfied and full. where low fat is you take out a lot of those nutrients and then you have to add so you often see low fat with added vitamin d what
0: but you have sugar. to ask
1: yourself why are they adding all these things it and then you the also beginning. end up consuming more of that and so the same with protein, fats, carbohydrates. Whenever you hear these big words, think first about the, the concept and like the, the context of the food
0: in a lifestyle in your lifestyle. So that milk example that Jessica's given is also when you remove the fat, you actually then increase insulin because your body now has got the fat would actually balance out the insulin. So you get that a, a negative reaction inside your body, and that insulin will affect your brain function as well. So we do need protein, we do need fats. We're gonna talk a bit about fats as well. We do need protein to build, maintain, and repair all our bodily systems. And but the thing is that we need we need protein for everything, bones, muscles organs, um, skin arteries enzymes, neurotransmitters building our brain, the genes uh, basically when they switch on they produce proteins, we've got 8 billion proteins per cell but the bottom line with protein is that we need wired for love protein, we need to get enough high quality protein without overdoing our servings of like, for example, muscle meat. Just yes, I'm going to ask you to talk about that, and also consider plant proteins, eggs, organ meat. Look for grass-fed beef, pasture-raised poultry. Just, just quickly talk
1: a little yeah, bit so about. So obviously, if you're going, meat. if you're vegetarian or vegan, you want to go for a lot of plant-based proteins. So I eat a mainly vegetarian, di- plant-based diet, and I do eat um, eggs as well, and I do eat fish occasionally. So a lot of my protein though is coming from things like lentils or chickpeas. Um, and so there are many natural sources of like beans and corn, corns, and a lot of your legumes and a lot of your, um, uh, there's so many different sources. And I definitely recommend that you, you can look up on that. But if you are going to eat meat, then you really want to, um, you, We tend to, in our society today, to eat too much muscle meat, which also causes a lot of waste in terms of um, the parts of the animal we throw out, where in previous civilizations they have really valued the entire animal, especially the, the organ meats, which are actually higher in nutrition. Um, and, high, and and also lower in like your, your your the bad fats and they have a better nutrient content and a better fat content. So this organ meats like liver, you know, things like that, if you are going to eat meats and also a lot of like the bones and the bone broth for the, all the different nutrients it can give you like collagen. So if you are going to eat, especially bone broth is a great way to reduce your waste and also reduce your meat consumption. So if you want to go mainly plant-based but you don't want to give up protein, bone broth is a good way to help reduce the waste in terms of animals and also get all the nutrients you need without eating too much meat. And so there is many ways of doing this. Eggs obviously are a complete protein. They're a great source of protein, especially for if you're a vegetarian. That's one of the great sources that you can get um, if you uh, uh, if you eat pro- if you were, cause to get proteins. Excellent. Um, and so there are many ways, but I mean, really, if you are going to, first of all, the thing is with proteins, you always want to reduce your consumption, not because, oh, they're bad for you and they're going to kill you, um, obviously, depending on what type of proteins you're eating, because obviously you want to always go for like grass-fed or pasture-raised or hormone-free, as natural as possible, as close to farm the farm as possible, avoiding any factory middlemen. But you also want to be able to get humanely raised meats, obviously, because we need to care about the way that we raise our meats. And also, you want to um, focus in on your organ meats and also your bone broths, and eat less muscle meat, and eat less meat in general because the meat tends to push away the vegetables on your plate. So, if you're eating more meat, you're going to be eating less fresh produce and eating less grains. So, you need to make sure that your meat is a very um, is a limited part of your diet. It's not obviously with everything you need to eat, eat it in balance. Not, not, and you don't want to eat it in
0: excess because so the studies your, show that this is the closest. Remember, you're getting your prons from other, your proteins from other things as well. So just one more point about this and we're going to close off this podcast is that you need to, just if you may not know, that the chemical messengers of the brain are made from amino acids and proteins break down into amino acids and fats and these, these chemical messengers actually relay information between the neurons and help your, your memory and your thinking to actually function. So we really do need to regulate this. So the bottom line is we have to be very careful of messing with our protein because it's going to mess with our minds. So let's, let's be careful how we use our proteins in our diet. Thank you for joining us today. We look forward to sharing more on wellness in the next podcast.